Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the JT and Looney podcast brought to you by Modelo. Yes. Fighting spirit of Modelo. And, and bet online where the game starts. And now that the NFL season is here and college football, I mean, there's no better time in the world than to start a new hobby if you're not betting on games now. Why not start and do it at BetOnline, BetOnline.ag, the proud sponsor of the JT and Looney podcast, along with Modelo. And, you know, if you are friends with the JT and Looney podcast, you can get a 50% signing bonus. I think it's up to $500, maybe 1000 if you go there. So, you know, you put up $500. They give you 250 All of a sudden, you're starting out with 750 if you don't know your percentages. Most people know what 50% means, but people don't always know percentages. So it's really great, and you can bet on all sports there as well and play games. Bet online where the game starts. Love that. Let me have a sip of my Modelo because I'm not on the radio. I'm on a podcast. I don't use profanity much, a little profanity on the podcast. I even don't use it on satellite radio. I've always been a PG-13 sports talk radio host, and I try to teach that around my house with my kids. No cursing in the house. I grew up in a household with my mom and dad. Same here. Cursing in the house. We didn't know it would train us for a living. We didn't know in the future that we would need to have that switch. So it's good that we both grew up in a house that had no cursing because then we worked in an industry that had no cursing. Amazing now that you're on TV, your hair is just perfect. Your oh, hair, thank you. <laughs> your makeup. I had makeup on today, too. I did the coach's interview for the Raiders. Oh, wow. Okay. Big thing. You have your uh, Benny and Penny TV show, which is doing real well. How'd that yes, go? Yes, it went really well today because it was the second show. The first show, we stopped down a lot. Sometimes it was trying to do too much tall snapping, and then we would lose the formatics. This time, we flew through it. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and so got through it today. Also had to... I bring my own makeup today because uh, we film it, uh, we tape it at 7.30 in the morning Pacific time, and the makeup people aren't there till 9. Oh, yeah. So I uh, had to do my I own. used to soap opera stars getting in at 10. Or right, you're right. Up <laughs> right. I had a weird day today because I had to do the coach, the uh, Raiders coach, Josh McDaniels, as he was in West Virginia. Here's some, here's some news. The Raiders okay. beat the Denver Broncos and flew to – West Virginia to the oh, let me say the first place Raiders yeah, the only alone atop West. the AFC West. They are atop the AFC West, which we've learned doing this for a while. Take advantage of it. You know, not every day yep. you're going to be on top of the That's division. Right. But uh, so that was fun today. And uh, tonight is Thursday night football, depending on when my son loads the podcast, when you get this. So thanks to everybody who's with us again as we're kind of moving the podcast to YouTube. Love it. Keeping it where it's been before. Audio, you can find it wherever you get your podcast to JT and Looney. I think next week I'm more excited because you and I do the Sky is Falling podcast every year after teams go 0-2. Yes, it's always a lot easier in radio and in broadcasting and on all these platforms that we do, spoken word for format to do Sky is Falling format because uh, negative sells. Well, what happens every year is teams start off 0-2 and, and most of them are done. See, Emmett Smith yeah. held out for the first two games years ago, and then Jerry Jones got really nervous, and he paid him, and then the Cowboys won the Super Bowl. So everybody thinks now, I remember that season, depending on how old you are. No, 0-2 means 1-3 and 
two and five, four and seven, six and nine, and then a battle to try to get back to 500. You can't be 500 anymore because there's 17 games. So going 0 and 2 is brutal because you spend a month getting out of the hole because right. four games are a month. You're 0 and 2, it's going to take you at least three weeks or maybe a month to get back to 500 or over 500. Panic time, as we like to say. And of all the teams, you know, and we don't need to go over it now necessarily, but I do think the biggest panic button might be the Buffalo Bills. In the last 10 games, Josh Allen's numbers are awful, simply awful. He's uh, he's, he's fun to watch, but he's kind of turned into a Tim Tebow butterbean type of novelty act where he's amazing because he's the running back and the quarterback, and he's a tough guy, and he gets downfield. Uh, but he's been terrible the last 10 games, and the Buffalo Bills better not go 0-2 because they have one of the toughest schedules in the NFL. I could not disagree with you more. I I think that Josh Allen is one of the top five quarterbacks in the league. Joe Burrow's kind of a weirdo. He wears a white suit and glasses, and he's kind of... Yeah, he shouldn't have played in week one. Do you see what Cincinnati did against Cleveland? They were embarrassing. It was the varsity versus the JV. He shouldn't have played in that game. We'll get to that game coming up. So, okay. top five JT, shout out to the great Al Davis, who looked incredible in a white suit for his entire career. He had that white suit. He had the silver suit. He had the black suit. So, white suits look good on some people, JT. He's a little bit immature. He likes the cigar. He signed the largest contract in the history of the NFL. Yeah. which I believe the NFL has the largest contracts of any sport. So for Joe Burrow, he's 0-1. So any list, we're in the era of list. I said that today on my local show. Everybody has a, every radio host. that doesn't Every radio show's turned into the USA Today. Yeah, every radio show has a guy, an intern in the corner as he's buttering his bagel, having his free coffee because that's his only meal of the day because the host doesn't pay him. And says, hey, you over there. Yeah, what, I don't know your name. But put together a list or a Mount Rushmore or just put together a, a power ranking or all that. Mm-hmm. And for me, for quarterbacks, it's Patrick Mahomes. It's Josh Allen. It's Justin Herbert. It's Joe Burrow. Aaron Rodgers, who will get to blew out his Achilles. So everybody's going crazy over Josh Allen because he had four turnovers in the game at MetLife when Aaron Rodgers went out. Three interceptions and a fumble. God, every team in the league would love Josh Allen as their quarterback. Well, that is yeah, that is true. But it, are they going to get the Josh Josh Allen of the last ten games, or are they going to get the guy before that? That's the problem. Well, that's why that's one of the games we'll hit on here is the Raiders. The number has got as high as Bills minus nine and a half, almost yes. ten. And now the numbers come down, as you know. Let me take a look at it here, as I have the numbers here in front of me. The moving lines in Vegas. We'll play it as Buffalo. Minus eight and a half. I don't care about the Raiders covering. I make a living with the Raiders. I want them to win. So if the Raiders lose by six, I could give a shit. I want them to win the game. Right. But you know, I think the Raiders are a pretty sharp dog in this position here because they got nothing to lose. It's punchers. It's a puncher's chance in a Vegas term. They're playing in with house money coming into Buffalo. And, and Buffalo really shows that they have a lot of weaknesses against the, the Jets. With You know, you got to beat the Jets when Aaron Rodgers goes down. And, and so, so that's not good. Of course, that's the desperation. A lot of teams that get embarrassed in week one come back in week two and do really well. However, however, that was a Monday night game. So the Bills haven't had as long to recover, and that's important in the NFL. Jimmy Garoppolo, far more consistent these days than Josh Allen. 
Yeah, and as I said, as we began, the Raiders spent the whole week in Wheel in West Virginia. Oh, yeah. We, I didn't let you finish that because, believe yeah. it or not, I might have interrupted you. What the hell are the Raiders doing in West Virginia? They spent the whole week at the Briars, this legendary resort from the 1700s where you have to wear a dinner jacket Whoa. to go to the dining hall. They've done a lot of NFL teams have been there before. Josh McDaniels and the Patriots. It's a gorgeous resort in West Virginia that actually has football fields. So there's been training camps and games there. So Josh McDaniels decided, win or lose, that they were going to go from Denver and go to West Virginia for the week. So they have okay. a perfect body clock when the game goes off and won't right. be at 10 in the morning. Just a little nugget to add in there, and it's either going to work or not. If it works, they're a genius for getting on the East Coast. You know, since the 70s, Tom, teams have been trying to figure out this West Coast travel going right. east, not as much East Coast going west. And sometimes teams go out on Saturday, most of them go out on Friday if they're going across the country, and some go out a week in advance or stay on the coast where they are. As you know now with the London games, an NFL team cannot play in London unless they're playing on the East Coast the week before. So you don't go from L.A. to London. You go right. to L.A. to play on the East Coast, and then the following week you'll have a game in London. Yeah, and the, the time zone thing, especially uh, you know, when they come west, they get to sleep in. So, uh, you know, and, and believe me, NFL players need their sleep, especially after a night out on the West Coast. But uh, but uh, but going back east, you're right. They've been trying to figure that out for quite a long time. Well, they have bed checks now back in the old days where Ken Stabler went, <laughs> went would, would read his playbook by the light of the jukebox. That's that was right. Serious. That was serious. Joe Namath, I heard a story off the record. I talked to a lot of Raider alumni. Who told Joe, you? Uh, Joe, and Joe Namath came out west. The Raiders would say, Joe, because they were all friends back there. They were in a league right. called the AFL. They were trying to get to the NFL and the merger. So they're all great friends. And Joe was the highest paid player by far. Right. You know, he had the $400,000 contract. And he'd get to Oakland. They'd say, Joe, let's go out. Where? Let's go to the bar. And they'd be drinking. It wasn't like they were drinking the night before games, having fun. And then in the AFL days, when a team went west, say the Raiders went to play the AFL Buffalo Bills, mm -hmm. the AFL Jets, and the AFL Boston Patriots, they would play all three games, all three games back east. They didn't play the game and go home. So the Raiders are in New York City at Joe Namath's bar. They're in wow. Boston for a week at the bars. Now there's a bed check. Knock, knock, knock. Are you there? And they, it's a real bed check where back in the day it was like, Oh, let me look in the room. Oh, okay. They might be in there or not. So, so, so it used to be like more like escape from Alcatraz. They'd put a dummy in the bed and that'd be okay. <laughs> a very good scenario. So you're more, I, I just, you're always prepped up. We're always prepped up. We are, we're always on a platform. So right. why don't you lead the podcast and you pick a couple of games because you're on TV today. You're all prepped up on maybe two or three games that jump out at you. What we'll try to do is every Thursday, oh, we'll do that. this every Thursday where, we're not going to worry about the Thursday night game, uh, depending on when we publish the podcast. But we'll get ahead of the Sunday games and Monday games. So if you want to start, we just mentioned Raiders and Bills. I think most right. Like Here's another Bills. team trying to avoid going zero and two, and that would be surprisingly the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, who you know who who had a, a big dust up with those feral cats in Detroit. The Lions are they for real? Well, they certainly look like it. Now they got to play some more cats. The Jacksonville Jaguars, given the Jaguars a few points in Jacksonville. So uh, this is and, and, and that's that, that used to be an easy game, used to be a gimme, but the Jaguars are for real now. Well, you know the term a road favorite and a road dog. Right. So Kansas City coming off a loss is a road favorite at Jacksonville. And 
Jacksonville went to the playoffs last year and won a playoff game. And when the Chargers had that massive lead, right. Jacksonville came back. Jacksonville, I know that area pretty well. My in-laws live in St. Augustine. I go back there a lot. And it's the largest county, I believe, in America, Duval right. County. You always hear them yell, Duval. And this is their home opener. And they're the division champs. And they're going to win the division again. This is the biggest game in Jacksonville home opener that you can remember going back to Mark Brunel. Good point. So uh, they're catching points at home. Problem is Jacksonville's missing two offensive linemen. Chris Jones comes back. He missed Kansas City's first game. And Mahomes has had nine days, Tom, when the game goes off. Nine days as a loser, losing the game and having to wallow in the loss there. I think Kansas City comes back and wins this game. But I think it'll be a close one. I don't think they'll cover, but I like Kansas City to win a tight one. Kansas City over the past nine games hasn't done well on the road as favorites, surprisingly. And the Jacksonville Jaguars 10-0 and at home in their last 10 games as underdogs, JT. So it's going to be a brouhaha in Jacksonville. That's going to be a close game. Uh, would you like to tell everybody before we continue your theory on the Chargers in Jacksonville? Let's just get that out of the way. Oh, yes. Yeah. You, we never put any money on the Chargers or Jacksonville. Although this weekend, maybe uh, maybe you might want to sprinkle a little. Oh, you're so good, man. <laughs> oh, you're so good as you vented the space. You are, I, I, This is a great one because you have the right to be in the podcast gambling world. Right. The world because half the people in it have no money, they're brand new, they're former board ops, not that there's anything wrong with, right, with that, board right. but they don't make they don't make more than 30 grand and they're saying, I'll sprinkle a little. Well, how much are you going to sprinkle? <laughs> you barely have enough money to pay rent and pay a car payment. What are you going to sprinkle? Oh, like you're betting 5,000 and you're going to sprinkle a couple of hundred there? I never noticed that until you pointed it out. Oh it my God. Very right. funny observation. You're so right. Let's go to Western Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The Yunzers love their Steelers and the Steelers look awful in week one mean joe greens not walking through that door how's that for a contemporary reference the steelers getting two and a half points against the browns when's the last time that's ever happened and do the steelers really want to go down uh you know oh and two and uh, have the browns be the ones that make them oh and two well the browns are the favorites yeah browns look great against cincinnati yeah rush was fantastic miles garrett and the crew really got after it there and, you know, Cincinnati, we'll get to that. They're going to play Baltimore sure. coming up here. But this is a big spot for the Browns. And what people have to start thinking about now, the Steelers got boat raced by Brock Purdy. Yeah. The 49ers. 49ers just killed them. That game was out of hand early. And, you know, Steelers made a little bit of a game of it, but the Niners won. Uh, Cleveland, I picked Cleveland as a playoff team this year as a wild card team over Pittsburgh. I think Cleveland in this game, this is going to be interesting. This is one of two Monday night games. Line opened up initially at Pittsburgh minus one. We'll play it now as Cleveland minus two and a half. So they're going to be a road favorite in a hostile environment in a rivalry game. But I'm going to go with Deshaun Watson now that the shenanigans are behind him wow. and serious allegations. I think that they're going to make the playoffs. I like Cleveland to go 2-0 and in Pittsburgh to go 0-2. Probably a smart pick. You're just going with the better quarterback because it's a push either way. And let's go to Cincinnati, Ohio, birthplace of your friend Pete Rose. What a charmed life yeah, that he gets to life. play for the Reds, and he's born in Cincinnati, Ohio, with the bungling Bengals, who looked awful, against the Baltimore Ravens, who didn't look that great in their win. Lamar Jackson, my favorite football player, uh, did not play that well in week one. 
And uh, well, neither quarterback in this game played that well in week one. And Joe Burrow looked like he forgot how to play. So which quarterback is going to stink more? Yeah. That's, your, that's your winner, whichever quarterback stinks less. In Cincinnati, it's they're three. They're a three-point favorite three, at home. Yep. You, know, you get three for being at home. So it's really a push-and-picket game here. I'm going to give Joe Burrow. I picked Cincinnati to go to Super Bowl and lose to Dallas. Oh, well, congratulate me on that. Dallas went over the Giants. Oh, my God. Statement but, game. I think this is a statement game that we're going to see for Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati bounces back in this game. Uh, 69% of the money is on Cincinnati, 55% Ooh. of the tickets. I like Cincinnati. This feels, this is a big game. If this game was in Cincinnati week 14 or 15 in the snow, oh my God, I think both great. of these teams are separated by a game for the division here. And as we always say on the JT and Looney podcast, week two is identical to week 14. Games count as much. So this is going to be a playoff atmosphere for Cincinnati because they want to get everything rolling again. I think they meet the challenge. I like the Bengals to win this game. 27-23, they win and cover the spread. Now, you talked about the Cowboys. That's where the statement game was, the Dallas Cowboys against the Big Blue Wrecking Crew, your New York Giants. I don't know what the latest line is. Check it for me. It was nine and a half the last time I checked with the Cowboys hosting the New York Jets. Oh, the Jets shouldn't even get on the plane. Okay, they, they okay really? The forward well, line on this game when Aaron Rodgers was healthy was Dallas minus three. And you get three yeah. for being at home. And now Aaron Rodgers, it's gone. I'll play it at nine. Oh, yeah, okay. Eight nine, nine points. That's a, a, you know, that's a lot of points to give up yeah. in this league. I think the Jets could cover this game. The Jets have a yeah. good game. The Jets might cover. I don't know if they're going to win this oh, game. You know, a lot of the Sharps and gamblers always talk about these emotional bounce-back games, right? You uh -huh. put all this emotion in. And the Jets, you can't find a more emotional win than that. Ever. Right. You can't find. And so what do the Sharps say about the week after a, 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 a game like that? Well, usually a lot of teams. You let down? After that. Yeah, yeah, they let down after a highly emotional game like that. And depending if they're coming home, if that game, you know, the Jets were at home for that game. So I could see the letdown here. Just the letdown overall, Tom, would be that Aaron Rodgers is gone for the year yeah. with the torn Achilles. They have to go with Zach Wilson in the game. Dallas looked unbelievable against the Giants. And remember, the Jets were there in their homes. In the, they were actually in the hotel, in the hotel there at home because they were playing the next day on Monday night and saw what the Giants, what happened to the Giants with Dallas. Everyone on that Jet team watched that game live in their hotel room and said, oh, my God, Dallas just destroyed the team right. we our building with. So the bigger picture is, look, I think Dallas will win the game and cover. Uh, the big problem is what do the Jets do now? And on the JT and Looney podcast, and I tweeted it out, Carson Wentz will be the quarterback of the Jets. Really? You think so? Yeah. Oh, people trying to keep trying to get more out of that car, uh, out of that guy who played good one year for the Eagles. Wow. He was a good, he was a good player when he played on a yeah, good team. Yeah, he was. Remember, remember, we always talk about this. Play on a good team. Play on a good team, and you're a good player. Well, get play drafted a by a good team. team. Yeah, yeah play, look at Ben Roethlisberger with Pittsburgh. We always yep. go back to that. Well, yeah, you got to make sure that before draft day, they find out you're a sloppy drunk, and then you drop to a good team. Yeah, this is an interesting game for me because I look at what's going to happen. Aaron Rodgers is gone. Carson Wentz worked, worked out with John Gruden as John Gruden is waiting for this lawsuit. Mm -hmm. He's a workaholic, so he worked, Gruden worked with Carr and the Saints, and he worked with Carson Wentz in Florida. And when you, get, when you work with John Gruden and he gets you. You get better. You get better, and he works yep. with you one-on-one, -on -one and he's ready to go. The problem is, Zach Wilson, what are you going to do now? The guy was the second pick overall. 
you bench him unceremoniously for Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. They would ruin the kid. I mean, mentally ruin Zach Wilson if they say, hey, man, it's your team again, and we're bringing in Carson Wentz. I just think that Carson Wentz is a far superior quarterback than Zach Wilson at the time, and the Jets have a window to make the playoffs with a good quarterback. There's just not a lot of good quarterbacks out there. Wentz is one of the only good ones out of work. I just feel bad for Jets fans because neither one of you, you you and I have never been a Jets fan, but we've had them shoved down our throat all our life because we grew up on the Northeast. And there was the uh, the afterglow of Joe Namath, even when he was there and he wasn't any good by the time we were alive. And and they've just always been snake bitten. Nothing, nothing more exemplifies that in modern times than Monday night. God, and it was just so Jets. Wasn't, I mean, just such the snake bitten Jets. And then you've got La La Land and no home field advantage for the Rams, who looked incredible in week one. But Brock Purdy, didn't he look like Joe Montana out there against the Pittsburgh Steelers? Uh, Brock Purdy. You said you don't believe in Brock right Purdy. He really? plays another quarterback that plays on a great team, which okay. makes him look above average. I just think there's going to be moments in the young career of Brock Purdy. He's not Troy Aikman. He's not okay. Joe Montana. He's not Elway. Let's re- relax. They didn't film him at his house uh, during the draft because he was the last <laughs> player taken in the draft. So he's got to prove it to me. So your well, argument that Brock Purdy might not be, even though he's undefeated as a starting quarterback, might not be everything he's cracked up to be is that he's not Joe Montana? He's got a lot of pressure on him because he's he's supposed to manage the game. We got a game. He's got manager. pressure on him, but in high from high school to college, he's never played in anything other than a sold out stadium since Pop Warner. And so when he came into the NFL, big deal, sold out stadium. In Iowa, we always have sold out stadiums, and he stepped right in like he was any of those guys that you mentioned. And the Rams getting some points against the against the 49ers, two and a half the last I checked. I don't know if you've got it in front of you. I do. I do have it in front of me. Let me get it here for a second. Okay. And I will tell you, I was out at Rams practice when the Rams had their dual workouts with the mm-hmm. Raiders, and Matthew Stafford looked unbelievable. Stafford looked really good. He looked fit. He looked thin. And I said to a couple of guys I was around with, I said, man, Stafford is looking to have a bounce-back year, even though they don't have Cooper Cup. Line opened up San Francisco, minus four and a half. Ooh, seven in the hook. Seven and a half. That's a lot of points there, and Ooh. it's the Rams Ooh. at home. There's no real home field advantage. That's another big secret in oh. the NFL. When the Niners go to L.A., the Niners had a big crowd in Vegas. They had a massive crowd in L.A. This will be, be an incredible crowd. Here's what happened. We had no NFL team in Los Angeles for 20 years, and the Niners were good. People migrated to the Niners. And the Cowboys, Niners and Cowboys, and the Niners and Cowboys come to town. It's unbelievable how they will fill up that stadium. The only time the Rams ever have a home field advantage is when they play the Arizona Cardinals because the Arizona Cardinals have no traveling fans. Absolutely. So there's a couple of games that we want to hit on. One more I'll just tee up for you because I think it's an interesting one. Did you see my guy Baker Mayfield? Did you see my buddy Baker Mayfield? That's why you just held up a beer because you were thinking of Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield reportedly in the game at Minnesota at Minnesota, knew the plays. Took him a half until he knew the signals of Minnesota, and they asked him after the game about it, and he said, you know, sign-stealing, and he made light of it, and he said, I'm not an Astros fan. I'm Uh, an Astros fan. Everybody loved him for that. He is so smart. He's won a Heisman. 
So he's been on stage. He's been introduced at the Heisman Downtown Athletic Club. He had progressive television commercials where he lived in the Cleveland Stadium. Those are cool commercials. People got jealous of him. He's in the Heisman house, the uh, Nissan Heisman house. Plug to my son. So as we look at all this, Baker Mayfield knew at that moment he beat Minnesota on the road. He had a great moment where he threw out something that was funny and worked. So Yankee fans loved it. Your Dodger fans who were right behind your house loved it. He won over a lot of fans here. So I want to mention Tampa Bay. Uh, Tampa Bay, the line opened up. The front line on this was Chicago minus one and a half. Oh, nothing. They stink. They're terrible. Tampa Bay now a two and a half point favorite at home. I think that Baker's going to take that momentum that he had in Minnesota and not lay an egg in his home. Has he ever had two good games in a row in the NFL? The answer is no. (laughs) He needs a, he needs a big game here. So I like Tampa Bay. You want to drink with Baker Mayfield so bad. I would love to have a pop. I'm a (laughs) Dello with Baker Mayfield. So the big topic that we wanted to get into is the NBA finally woke up now and the board of governors, which means the owners decided that they had to give the television networks a payback because the television networks kept coming to them saying, wait a second, we've given you, billion dollars, hundreds of millions, and your guys don't play. There's this load management crap. So the NBA Board of Governors okayed a tougher resting policy. This needed to happen. I think this is the low moment, the low moment in the commissionership of Adam Silver that he had to do this. He did it a couple of years late on it because now everybody's saying from fans to corporate partnerships, you guys have been full of shit on this one, and we want something to happen. So the Board of Governors, the owners, unanimously voted, unanimously to approve tougher resting policies and punishments. So if you've been to an all-star game in the last couple of years, it affects a lot of guys. The rule would ultimately give the league office authority for greater oversight over discipline for missed games and the ability to find teams more than a million for each instance for violating the resting rules. So you and I are going to call this the Clipper rule. Yes. Why Leonard and Paul George going forward. And and those poor fans, as you know, I do a TV show with Big Ben Maller, who's always been a Clippers fan, and he thought he had the leg up. All of a sudden, they were he was just on cloud nine, as were all Clippers fans, because Kawhi Leonard was supposed to go to the Lakers, and and uh, and so was Paul George was supposed to be a like build another super team. People were going to hate on the Lakers. The last minute, they go to the Clippers, and the Clippers, you know, Clippers fans hate the, the Lakers for all the obvious reasons. They were on cloud nine. Then they never played. They have not played since they've been there. I mean, there are. It's always load management. It's terrible, and there and the fans. Clippers fans are so disgruntled with never being able to see Kawhi Leonard or, or Paul George play and buying their tickets and not knowing who's going to play ever in, in the past two or three years. And so it, this is an absolute rule that's needed. Let me read your great quote from Adam Silver. This is how bad it got. He goes, quote, I mean, this is an acknowledgement that it's gotten away from us a bit, particularly, I think, when you see young, healthy players who are resting, it becomes maybe even more of a notion of the statue around the league as opposed to an absolute need to rest. So what this comes down to is the NBA is defining a star player as someone who has made an all-star team or an all-NBA team in any of the past three seasons. In total, total, 25 teams and 50 players, it's 11% of the league, are impacted by the new rule. The NBA will incorporate a fine system for teams that begins with $100,000 for the first offense, 
quarter of a million for the second and could go up to a million dollars. So they're putting in a tournament to start the season to pay the players and keep them engaged because, as you and I know, the NBA doesn't start till Christmas. Right. Even it starts in October. They don't give a crap. They're not in shape. They can't hit a jump shot. It's a terrible league when it starts off. So they're going to give them a little tournament for a trophy to say, if you play early on, we'll pay you more if you win this early season tournament. And now they drop this bomb on the players saying, we're done with your garbage. If you're healthy, you're going to play. I do think there maybe should be a caveat for, they must have some some bullet points and caveats for this. Players over 35, player following an injury, someone nursing, like when Kobe came back, it was, was nursing his Achilles. He was above 35. A LeBron James rule that he doesn't, it doesn't apply to him. <laughs> so they should have a few, a few. Well, let's go over a few of them. I have, I have it right here, here. Teams must manage their roster to ensure that no more than one star player is unavailable for the same game. For example, the Celtics would not be allowed to rest both Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. That would be mm-hmm. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Right? right. That's the same thing there, which they do. Teams must ensure the star players are available for nationally televised games and in-season tournament games. That's why they added that tournament. So I like that a lot. I think this is fantastic here because. Uh, but your guy's going to be upset. The guy who invented this. Oh, Pop. Greg Popovich. Yeah, they should have a statue. Yeah. As I've often said, there should be a statue at the Load Management Museum. They yes. Museum for all the players <laughs> that Load Manage. And, and it should be Popovich. Right? Yeah, he's going to be standing. Pop is going to be standing. There's going to be a statue of him. You know, I love statues. Yes. Love statues. And there's going to be a statue of Pop going into the Load Management Hall of Fame. And everybody forgives Pop. He buys everyone wine, takes everybody out. To oh, these yeah. There are dinner. certain coaches, right, that can get away with dastardly things. John Wooden, uh, Tommy Lasorda over the years, Popovich, because they've built up enough goodwill. That's a lesson for the kids. Build up goodwill and people will ignore the bad stuff. The NBA has got a big problem. And a lot of times over the past a couple of years, people would say during load management and the issues with Black Lives Matter. I don't like the NBA. And I'd say, why? And they go, because I don't like it. They didn't like the fact that the NBA players had a voice. They had the right to speak during Black Lives Matter. They had the right to put whatever they wanted on their jerseys to express their opinions. They had to play through COVID in a bubble and all of that. And a lot of fans checked out on the NBA. Depending on how, how long you've been listening to the podcast, I've said this for a long time. More fans come up to me in social settings and say, I've checked out of the NBA. And I go, why? They go, I don't like it for an array of reasons. A part of it's load management. They don't like the style of play. Some people don't like just come down and chuck threes, chuck threes. Steph makes them. Steph can make them. Not everybody else can, so they don't like that. But I love the NBA. I'm a diehard Knicks fan. And here in my studio here, I got Knicks memorabilia. I'm dying for them to be productive. But this was an important moment because finally the partners of the NBA, which are the broadcast partners, And the fans said, enough. We're not going to do this anymore. We're not going to pay these enormous prices to go to games and not see the stars. And the NBA should be ashamed. They should be ashamed that it got to this level and they took advantage of fans for so many years that now there's a rule in place so the players don't take it. That happens, though. People don't go to the dentist till their tooth hurts. And the same thing happened with the NBA taking uh, taking care of this. And I will tell you, though, with politic uh, with politically motivated, you know, weenie protests like that, it doesn't always last because stars come along to entertain us. 
and we forget about remember 2016 election time and Kaepernick kneeling and and uh and the, the ratings for the NFL went down that all went away because people enjoy being entertained it's our existential need to feel we like cheering for our teams and our stars and our cities and it's it's great entertainment the NFL and the NBA and sooner or later if you say even my friend Grubber the prison guard was really upset with Kaepernick and all that 2016 stuff didn't watch but then the bills got better again <laughs> and now he's back and that's what happens. Obviously, it's it's easier to boycott when your team sucks as well. But when your team starts playing well, you ditch the boycott and you go for the feel good. I don't think you'll find a better conversation than this one. Two friends been together for years. Yep. We know what we want to talk about. Uh, that's why we have this podcast. So please participate by subscribing and liking on any platform you want. Looney's got platforms. I got platforms. We're throwing this up on YouTube. Uh, JT the Brick YT for YouTube on that. It'll live up there. It'll live with our podcast partners. We got sponsors now, and it's starting to really gain some momentum. So we thank you. Please share the podcast, like it, subscribe to it, support what we're trying to do here because we want to continue to give you more of these sports commentaries and then talk about our life. I was going to spend five or six minutes on my first trip to Costco in three years. Oh, wow. I'll save that for another podcast. Oh, there's I'll a tease. It. And I ask everybody now at the end of the podcast, if you watched or listened to it all, to inquire about my Costco as I went there and waited outside before it opened, and I was deeply disturbed by the amount of people who get to Costco a half hour before it opens. I was oh. one of them, but I haven't gone in three years. And I had to return a pretty important item. But man, oh, man, Tom, we got to dive deep into the world oh. grocery stores and costco when people come before the gate opens and they race through and they try to cut the line that's a podcast for me i have never been to a costco i didn't even know where they were until the pandemic and then i became a newsman and then i had to learn about where costco was otherwise never been It's become an obsession now to make the podcast 33 minutes and 33 seconds. And it's my fault because I have numbers issues. Talk about those later. I'm just here to thank you for listening to the entire 33 minutes and 33 seconds. Brought to you by Bet Online and Modelo and Jerry Coleman. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.